Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and last week we had a great show with the personal friends of Donald J. Trump and Melania Trump. That is Daphne Barak and Bill Gunasty. And what a great interview we had last week. We said we would have to put some of the interview on this week and i just have to tell you there's so many rocks splitting in the world of politics we're going to get back to that interview in a week or two with daphne barack and bill gunasty in their book called struggling for one america please go back and listen to last week's show if you didn't uh, uh get to hear that show great book called struggling for one america and hearing their personal story of putting that book together, great show. So go back and listen to that. But we will have a continuation of that show sometime in the next couple of weeks or so. But there's too many rocks splitting in the world of politics. We've got to go into today's show because we're talking about the unhealthy weakness of leadership in Washington, D.C., and that starts with the January 6th commission that met last week. And it was an orchestrated political hit job. It was not a commission. It was not a bipartisan commission looking and seeing all the uh, given questions and answers about everything. The entirety of the January 6th commission that met the, the House commission that Nancy Pelosi put together. We're going to be talking about that today. And how it's leading to such an unhealthy weakness of leadership in Washington, D.C. It's important for the world to know that there's real leadership coming out of Washington, D.C. We're not seeing it. We're going to be talking about that today, how it intertwines with the uh, omission of the January 6th commission, the omission of the entirety. Questions were not answered because questions were not asked. And why were the right questions not asked at the January 6th House Commission? Because Nancy Pelosi kicked off Congressman Jim Jordan and Congressman Jim Banks. They were on the commission, appointed by the Republicans for a bipartisan commission. They were kicked off the commission by Nancy Pelosi so she could have a, a goddess of her own making. She, she wanted only her people to ask the questions she wanted. It was an orchestrated political fanfare uh, praising Nancy Pelosi, basically. She did not want anybody to ask her why she, it was her responsibility 
for security and it was a colossal failure she did not want people to ask those kind of questions so what a failure it was we're going to talk about the unhealthy weakness of leadership in washington dc before we get to that there's an unhealthy leadership in some of the states in california the people of california are having a recall election and guess what larry elder we've had clips of him on the show before and he is the top candidate that's in the recall election against gavin newsom the people of california have decided to recall the governor or put him up for a recall before the end of his term and there's several candidates running but guess what larry elder who's been on a lot of conservative talk shows conservative and he's very very uh influential he's very fluent and he knows the conservative talk and he is the leading candidate right now in in the recall race with uh, Governor Newsom. T- take a listen to this from Sean Hannity's show when, when he had Larry Elder on just last week. Recent polls now showing California Governor Gavin Newsom is in the danger zone that he can, in fact, be recalled. New poll out of Berkeley finds that likely recall voters are nearly split even on whether to recall Newsom. But who is the best candidate then to replace him? So far, it looks like voters are turning towards our friend Larry Elder, who is now leading the recall challenger uh, by a whopping 10 points. He's here with reaction. He's now officially a gubernatorial candidate, actually on the ballot. They tried to keep him off for some reason. Larry Elder and his number one fan and supporter, Leo 2.0 Terrell. I always thought from the beginning that question one was going to be the hard question. Will, do people vote to recall Gavin Newsom? You need 50% right. plus one, Larry. This now looks like a possibility. Well, that's right. It's in the margin of error, and uh, that's a dramatic increase from just a couple of weeks ago. Look, people have had it. They've had it with these ridiculous mandates that you've been talking about. And recently, the governor, Gavin Newsom, has said if you're a state worker and you haven't been vaccinated, uh, you're going to be tested once a week. And while at work, you're going to wear a mask. Now, I thought the whole point behind being vaccinated is that you're protected against people who haven't been vaccinated. And now you're telling people who haven't been vaccinated, who've assumed the risk, they're going to wear a mask to protect other unvaccinated people who've also assumed the risk. It doesn't make Make any sense. And that's why 2.2 million Californians signed this petition. About a quarter of them are Democrats and independents who voted for this guy just two years earlier. And we haven't even talked about the crime uh, and the rising cost of living and the outrageous homelessness while this guy has his own kids enjoying in school private education and while he exempted himself from the very mandates he pushed down the throats of the of Californians. That's why I'm urging people to go to electelder.com, throw something in the tip jar because I have expenditure limitations. He can raise and spend as much money as he wants, and most people believe he's going to spend at least $50 million to try to defeat me because he's scared to death. Leo, I mean, this guy goes to restaurants when he tells everyone else not to. His kids are have in-person learning in a private school, uh, draconian shutdowns, you know, the highest taxes in the country. You know, can this be real? Yeah, it is real. I'm going to tell you why. First of all, Larry has the ability to <clears throat> resonate with the everyday people. Gavin Newsom administration is a train wreck. He's an elitist. Last week, he lied to the 
people in California and said crime was on the decline. I don't think Barbara Boxer and people who live in California <laughs> believe that crime is on the decline. Then he had the audacity to compare people who may have a medical reason not to get vaccinated to drunk driving. That's a, the analogy doesn't make sense. He's an elitist. And as Larry mentioned, his son doesn't follow the rules of wearing a mask. He lied on television again about his kids going to uh, having online training. They were in a private school. The guy is an elitist. His administration's a train wreck. And Larry resonates with the everyday voter. And then you know, there's Leo Terrell that was on the show with Larry Elder and Sean Hannity. And uh, I just want to I just want to say he he summed it up. Larry Elder can be a part of the people of California where Gavin Newsom, like so many liberal leftists, is an elitist. They care about themselves. They don't know what's going on in the real world. Anybody that's been to California, and I mentioned, yes, I spent 10 days in L.A. earlier this year. The homeless situation is a disaster. The COVID mandates disaster after disaster and what gavin newsom has done and taxing the people and and not even understanding what the people are experiencing it is the reason why we have electing uh, we live in a democracy in a republic that we can in california you can recall the governor so thank goodness the people are speaking up of all places. And we've talked about California. Could they elect a conservative like Larry Elder? Well, right now he is the top candidate in the recall election other than Gavin Newsom. So if the people of California are fed up with Gavin Newsom, they got a choice. They got a choice of a African-American conservative in the state of California. Would that not be the first to see California turn around and elect a conservative black man who knows who knows politics, who knows how to make a government work, who knows the principles. He's been talking about them for years. So uh, good luck, Larry Elder. Yes, Doc Holliday says, go after Gavin Newsom, go after the elitist, leftist, and get someone with common sense as the governor of the state of California, somebody like Larry Elder. What a great, great accomplishment that would be if the people of California can see through the elitist, leftist Gavin Newsom and elect Larry Elder as their governor of the state of California. Man, that would be some kind of, uh, it'd be a movement of what's going on in America. They're, we are fed up with the elitist, leftist. They've had their day, and we see what a colossal failure they are, and it is why, it is the epitome of why we see an unhealthy weakness of leadership in Washington, D.C. We're seeing in California, it's infecting the whole nation, and now we've got this unhealthy weakness of leadership in Washington, D.C., and there's no better way to see it than to look at what happened last week in the January 6th House Commission about what happened on the riots, what they call uh, that on January 6th, that have been just so, it's been unbelievable the way the news media has cast it in one way. And that the people who were arrested, 
some for just walking through a capital when they were invited. Now, I said people should have common sense and not have gone into the capital, but some of them did. And, and they have been arrested. Some of them have been in jail without parole and, and treated like terrorists. And, and there were no guns going into the Capitol. The only person shot and killed was Ashley Babbitt, killed by a uh, police officer or a security guard right there. She was unarmed, and, and she was shot in the neck and killed. So it is unbelievable way the news has twisted this. Some people, some news people call it an insurrection. It was a colossal failure as an insurrection if, if people really truly thought they were going to take over government. But we're going to be talking about more of the January 6th commission and their refusal to even seat Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, two conservative congressmen, Republicans, who were put on the commission because it was a, supposed, to, supposed to be a bipartisan commission, and they were ended up being a, a couple of uh, Republicans that sat on that commission, and they are in bad, deep trouble for reelecting. They've got primary opponents and because they sat on that commission that was nothing but a kangaroo court put together by Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, so that she could portray what she wanted without having anyone ask a question of why was the security such a colossal failure under her leadership. It was her responsibility. She had, she had all the levers of power to make sure it was that the Capitol Hill was secure, the Capitol was secure, and she failed. And she is so weak as a leader that she doesn't want anybody to ask her why it was such a failure on her part. She is so, so guarded that she would kick off duly elected congressmen, representatives of the people, that she kicked them off the commission because she knew they may ask why did the uh, the security at the Capitol not have enough people? Whose responsibility? Who was the ultimate where the buck stops here? It was Nancy Pelosi, and she has not answered that question. She refuses to let anybody ask the question, and therefore... The leadership of Washington, D.C., starting with Speaker of the House, it's infected the Senate with Chuck Schumer, and it's infected the White House with Joe Biden. And it's an unhealthy weakness, and the world sees that stinking rot of leadership. And that is what is scary. We're going to talk about that and why it's so scary. In just the second half of the show coming up, first let me remind you, you're listening to us right here on Web Talk Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. We had thought we were going to do a second half of the interview we had with uh, Daphne Barak and Bill Gunasty, who put together the book Struggling for One America. It was on last week's show. We had such a good show, we couldn't get everything on in an interview. So we'll be doing that sometime here in the in the near future on doc holiday's rock splitting politics but do remind you to 
If you did not listen to last week's show, go back and listen to that in the archives. There's some great shows in the archives. Go back sometimes. Uh, if you miss a show, go back and look in the archives and, and pick out a show. You can look at the titles. You can pretty much see what's going on in America by looking at the title of each uh, show. So we are glad that uh, Daphne and uh, Bill came on last week. And they do. They got... We we're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about blockchain. We've had some shows about that. We'll have some in the future. But they have some NFTs. Most Americans don't have a clue what's an NFT. Well, they put together one of the first NFTs in Hollywood. And uh, in, we talked about it in last week's show. And, uh, and even on the uh, description of the show on Web Talk Radio, we got a link that you can go to where you can see what an NFT is if you want to that uh, Daphne Barak has put together. And so some interesting things from there. And don't forget, Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here. We have got a book that we've promoted called Bedrock Truth. If you don't have that book, Bedrock, Bedrock Truth, you can get that book at www.docholiday.org holiday of two l's in it and uh, we'll be happy to get that book out to you if you would like to get that book and speaking of books uh, i'll remind everyone we have last week we talked about struggling for one america Uh, daphne and uh, bill uh, have provided us with a book to give out to our reader you know our listeners so if you would like a chance to get a copy of that book for free, uh, send in an email to ed at docholiday.org, ed at docholiday.org. You can send in a one-paragraph essay. It's an essay, but just one paragraph of how can we struggle for one America. How can we be one America? Tell us how your best thoughts of how we can be one America. And we are going to extend that deadline. We said August 1st, but we'll extend that deadline to August 7th because of this show. And and tell us. And we can, we'll can we get that book out to you if you uh, win that. But it's, it's uh, just an essay of how we can be one America. How do you best think we can be one America? Send it to me, a paragraph at ed at docholiday.org. And uh, we will see who gets that book uh, out of our listeners across the country. Listen, we have some great shows coming up, rock splitting politics. Like I said, you can't ever stop the rock splitting when it comes to the world of politics. And that's why we're jumping in this week uh, and putting off the second half of the uh Daphne Brock and Bill Ganasty interview so that we, we can cover these things. What happened with the January 6th commission was unbelievable last week. It was a Nancy Pelosi uh, dog and pony show. Uh, it, it just, it's just putting together her failed leadership and not letting anyone ask any real questions. And speaking about that, let's... Uh, Let's go to this clip from Fox News on Tucker Carlson's show. He had uh, uh, Britt Hume on, uh, a longtime journalist who comes in for guest appearances now on Fox News. But they were talking about this January 6th riots and, and the commission. And uh, t- take a listen to this show from Tucker Carlson last week. 
Brett Hume is a Fox News senior political analyst. In fact, he's, I think, the only one. We're happy to have him join us tonight. Britt, this is making me cynical. I thought when that January 6th thing happened, it was bad. I hate it when people break stuff. You shouldn't riot at a, at a federal building, period. But the disparity in the way that those rioters were treated as compared to the way the rioters last summer were treated is just too much. And it's making me feel yes. like equal application of the law is dead. If this were covered, Tucker, the way the riots of last summer were covered, it would be described as mostly peaceful. Yes, and I think to a point. great extent it was peaceful. The picture that you've shown of the people who were in the Capitol building milling around, the guy walking around the Senate chamber with the horns on and so on, most of them were peaceful, but some obviously were not. Right. And that explains the, the nightmare experience that the undermanned and overwhelmed Capitol Police officers who testified today had to go through. Some of, they obviously had a terrible experience and considered it a near thing. Um, but there is certainly a disparity between the way that this event was covered and the way it's been responded to politically uh, and the way that the, the more serious rioting of last summer with more deaths to show for it have been treated. 70 people were shot in Chicago this weekend, which is to say two days ago. 70 people. I wonder if Adam Kinzinger will cry about that, or maybe not because it's not about him. I mean, I, I wonder if there's ever been a greater display of, of narcissism on Capitol Hill. And that's saying a lot, but like ever in history. I have noticed in the reactions of some members of Congress and some former members of Congress whom I've spoken to about this, these events, um, a, a very intense personal reaction. Uh, they are the ones who are inclined to consider that this this incident, this riot, and it was an ugly riot, to be sure, and disturbing. Um, but they considered it had been an insurrection. It was an insurrection that failed pretty spectacularly, if that's what it was, when you consider that the event that they were trying to, trying to interfere with, which was the, you know, the formal counting of the votes for president, went off later that day. Uh, it was delayed, but that was all they did. That doesn't strike me as very close to overthrowing the government, which is what a lot of people claim that these rioters and insurrectionists uh, tried to do. Does it surprise you that the Capitol Hill police, apparently the personal bodyguards of the United States Congress, has a budget that's more than twice that of the entire city of Atlanta and about $100 million more for the, than the entire city of Detroit, one of the most dangerous places in the Western Hemisphere? Like, what is that? i got to say to you, Tucker, that I grew up in Washington and lived there most of my life, and it yeah, is the too. most policed city in the United States I with know. more different police forces active. I mean, you have the, you have the, US, you have the D.C. police, you have the Capitol Police, and that's a very large force when it's deployed in, you know, with everybody, with everybody out. You got the Park Police, which is no small force either. You got the FBI. You got the Uniformed Services Division of the Secret Service. You got the Aqueduct Police. I mean, you got the U.S. Mint Police. It goes on and on and on, and the, and the total budget for it has got to be absolutely staggering. No, it, it doesn't quite surprise me that the Capitol Police budget would be so large. What's surprising is that so few of them were there ready and fully prepared to meet the onslaught that came in the aftermath of the, tr of the Trump rally when those people went streaming down to Capitol Hill. And there's a lot to be investigated here, Tucker, about you know, just why it was that they were so unprepared and under undermanned, underarmed, and so forth to deal with that. Um, because had they been properly deployed, I think we could all agree that these people would not have gotten into the Capitol and what happened would not have happened. Not a single member of Congress was injured. Hundreds and hun more than a th thousand Americans have died of murder since then. Maybe they should spend more time worrying about the rest of the country. That's my personal view. You don't have to endorse that. Uh, but I appreciate your analysis. Britt Hume, thank you. Well, I think there's an outstanding analysis right there with uh, Tucker Carlson, Britt Hume. But 
they go into detail how uh, some people are calling terrorists for people walking through the Capitol building, the U.S. Capitol building. And as I said on the front end of the show, most people should have had common sense and not gone in. But the questions, going back to the January, the January 6th commission, why did Nancy Pelosi not allow Jim Jordan and Jim Banks to be on the commission? Because they might ask questions, not only why were there not enough uh, security and police force on that day that's under Nancy Pelosi's leadership, why she failed colossally at that, but questions also of who were the U.S. Capitol Police who opened Capitol doors and allowed people to come in. Not only allowed, they waved them in. They waved, like, come on over, come in. Why did this happen? Why don't we get some of those police officers to tell why they let people come in, why they waved them in? We haven't had anybody ask questions like that. Why in the world did did so many people out in the out in the crowd? Why were they megaphones? We had a whole show about this, where people with megaphones telling people to go into the Capitol, push up to the Capitol, and why were they all on the same message? Who had the megaphones? Why were they they were placed into the crowd and driving people forward? Who has researched that? Who's looked into that? And as we found out in uh, Governor Whitmore from Michigan, there was this, this, this huge public uh, outcry in the media because there was an armed insurrection wanting to kidnap her. They found out a, a group of, uh, I don't know what you call them, but they arrested them in that group. But when we finally found out all about the group, it was uh, FBI agents. They were the, the group was small, and there were almost double the FBI agents that were informants working within the group. And the FBI agents who were inside the group were they were the ones who drew the plot up to kidnap Whitmore, and then got the others involved, and and then uh, they turned them in. And exposed the plan. But they had written the plan. Did something like that happen at the U.S. Capitol? I don't know. But somebody should ask the question. How many FBI work, people working with the FBI were in the crowd? How many? And what did they do? Did any of them encourage people to run to the lines and break through the, the police lines? Well, somebody was doing that. We need to know, was it the FBI? I hope not. But somebody needs to ask the question, why? Somebody needs to ask why there's 14,000 hours of video security tapes in the Capitol and outside the Capitol, and not any Republican in the House has been allowed to look at that security tape. 14,000 hours. Why, Nancy Pelosi? Will you not release the tapes? The American people should see the tapes, all the tapes, and not just the selected tapes that were given out to the media. Let's let someone, in fact, the American people should see this tape 
let some at least let some republicans see the 14,000 hours of tape all of it and this is why there's such a stinking washington there's an unhealthy weakness of leadership in washington dc it's at the top at the white house it's in nancy pelosi's office and it's in chuck schumer's office because this weakness will not allow the questions to be asked therefore we don't have answers to the some of the things i just mentioned as well as others and that stinking weakness of leadership is being recognized by none other than putin by china the communist party of china it's by north korea kim jong-un iran the the arch enemies of america who hate america who want to see america to fail spectacularly they do not want american dollars to be the reserve currency on this earth and yet we are the superpower of the earth and yet we are rotting at the core when we have unhealthy weakness of leadership in washington dc because they will not allow questions to be asked that will make us stronger to make us know the truth and you know what the old scriptures say you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free how can we know a truth when the leadership will not allow questions to even come forward that's what nancy pelosi did when she kicked jim jordan and jim banks off the january 6th commission there's a rotten smell come out of washington dc and it's the growing weakness of leadership and that's what you've heard this week on doc holiday's rock splitting politics we're glad you're listening to us rocks splitting the rocks are splitting in the world of politics you're hearing about it right here on doc holiday's rock splitting politics we'll be, we'll be back next week with another show that will touch on things that you won't hear anywhere else so thank you for listening to doc holiday's rock splitting politics we will see you next week Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.